All right. We're going to do um, just a quick message, kind of lead us into a time of communion. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We've been studying through the book of Exodus. Uh, you could grab the book of Exodus if you want to. There's Bibles down here up front, or you could just hang out. Uh, this isn't going to be the longest message we've ever done. Usually we study through the books of the Bible. We're not deterring from that. Uh, we're studying through Exodus. We're going to talk about Exodus this morning, but um, I want to talk about just for a second this idea that as we've been working our way through the book of Exodus, we're in chapter 10, if you got your Bible or your app or whatever, Yahweh has been exposing this broken system that the Egyptians are living in. And it's a way of life that's broken. We've been saying life system. It's the way they're living. It's the habits that they walk into. It's the patterns of life that they walk through. It's the way they think. It's the values, the perceptions, the priorities, all of it. And at the end of this section of the story, it's going to be a way of life that God is going to redeem his people out of. So it's almost like God is saying, I'm not going to let my people live in this culture that values this and makes habits out of this and patterns this into their lives and remembers this as priority when it's not the things that honor and glorify me. So God's going to bring him out of there, bring his people out of there, but we're not there yet as Yahweh is still kind of exposing the brokenness of the way of the Egyptians are living their life. And so this way of life that the Egyptians have been living, we've walked through it, we've seen it. It's a way of life that adores comfort. It worships comfort. It's a way of life that's self-exalting. It's a way of life that really loves prosperity. It's the most prosperous nation on the world at the time, right? It's a way of life that worships things that are not God. It's a way of life that worships itself. Uh, they do things to their gods in order to get what they want, to get their will done. And, and above all, at the end of the day, we talked about it for the last couple of weeks, it's a way of life that produces these hard-hearted, self-exalting, refusing to humble themselves type of people, which Pharaoh is the prime example of. So we get to Exodus chapter 10, verse 21, and God says this, uh, the Lord says to Moses, stretch out your hand towards heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was pitch darkness in all the land three days, and they did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the people of Israel had light where they lived. Then Pharaoh called Moses and said, go serve the Lord. Your little ones may also go with you. Only let your flocks and your herds remain behind. But Moses said, you must also let us have our sacrifices and our burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock must also go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take them to serve the Lord our God. We do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, get away from me. Take care to never see my face again. For on the day you see my face, you shall die. And Moses said, as you say, I will not see your face again. So Yahweh brings this plague of darkness. Now I said brings darkness, but that's a little bit uh, impossible, right? You can't bring darkness. Darkness isn't a thing. You can't grab darkness. You can't control darkness. Darkness isn't a substance in and of itself. It's actually a lack of something. It's a lack of light. And this is the first plague that has been that way, right? Every other plague has been God bringing something. He brought hail. He brought gnats. He brought flies. Now he doesn't bring darkness. To have darkness happen, he has to remove all sources of light. It's almost like Yahweh was like, fine, you want to live without me? Here you go. You want to be self-reliant? Here you go. You want to depend on yourself and get what you deserve? Here you go. I'm going to remove my light. I'm going to remove 
the goodness that is myself and the gift that is light. So here's the question. How do you get out of darkness? How do you get out of darkness? If you're in this, I think there's a mic uncut somewhere. I think if you're in darkness, how do you remove yourself from darkness? How does that come out of your life? You don't, you don't grab it. You can't beat it away with a stick. You can't chase the darkness away. You have to turn on the light. There's this description of Jesus written by the Apostle John. It's actually in the book of John in your Bible if you wanted to look it up. And as kind of a preview to the story of Jesus' life, John described Jesus as a light shining in the darkness. And John says, the light shined in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Somebody say amen to that. The light shined in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That's Jesus. We live these lives that are prone to self-exaltation and hard-heartedness, and all of a sudden we realize we have separated ourselves from all of the goodness of God. God has removed himself from the situation because we've turned our back on him and we've put our, our arms out and distanced ourselves from his goodness, and we look around and we're like, we're in darkness. What is happening? My life's getting darker. I've separated myself from God. And Jesus breaks into that darkness. Right? He broke into the darkness. The light shone in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And so Jesus did this thing on the last night before he died. He held up a piece of bread and a cup, and he said, do this and remember to me. And one of the things he wanted his people to remember was the light shining in the darkness, the ways that we have separated ourselves from God, the ways that we have removed his light from our lives. He's like, do this and remember to me. Invite me back in periodically. Remember what I did. Remember that I broke into the darkness. So we're going to do that this morning. We're going to remember the love that Jesus showed for us by dying on the cross, by forgiving our sins, by breaking into the darkness, by setting us free, by not letting us live in the darkness forever. And so we do that by taking communion. We have it in three spots this morning. It's up on either side of the stage here. Uh, there's one back there, kind of three quarters of the way back. We're going to play a couple songs, and you're going to be on your own free time. Grab it, take it back to your seat, <clears throat> excuse me, and take communion. Remember Jesus. Maybe pray with the person you brought. If your spouse is with you, if your kids are with you, this is a great time to pray with them and remind them of what Jesus has done for them. And so we're going to do that as we play. If you're not a believer this morning, we're not into you doing things you don't understand or don't believe in. Don't feel any pressure to do it. We're just doing this to remind ourselves of Jesus because we are followers of Jesus. If you're not a believer, Feel free. Don't feel any pressure that you have to do this. It's, it's not a big deal at all. If you want to give your life to Jesus, say that prayer. Say, Jesus, I trust you. I feel like I've been living in darkness. I want you to break into my darkness. And then come celebrate and remember what he did for you. Absolutely, that's a possibility if that's what you want to do. So as we remember this gift from Jesus with grateful hearts, uh, we're going to sing. Uh, we're going to spend the last time of our time together here in worship. And... Um, yeah, let me pray and just ask the Lord to be with us. Father, we're grateful for uh, the gift of your blood that was shed for us as you died on the cross and were sacrificed for our sins, Lord. We're so grateful for that. We're so grateful for the hope and the future that gives us as you broke into the darkness, Lord. Um, you didn't let us live like we were forever, Lord. You didn't let us continue to separate ourselves from you, but you pursued us, Lord. Um, and we're grateful for that, Lord. We're really, really grateful. And so we remind ourselves of who you are in gratefulness this morning. Pray you would be with your people. And we ask you in your name.
Amen.